0: No more chains are binding me. I'm totally free. Hello, Faith Family, and welcome to another edition of Totally Free. It's the radio broadcast ministry of Free to Worship Ministries, now in Midway, Florida, where Pastor Ken Colvin is our senior pastor. So, when we look at these Gospels, what we're looking at. the fulfillment of everything that he said was going to happen in the Old Testament amen you see the minute that man fell God made a promise to Adam the minute things got broken God made a promise to Adam he said okay listen it looks like this for right now But it's not going to look like this for long. Why? Because I'm going to send somebody to you guys. And this man, he's going to come in and he's going to crush the head of the serpent. You see, this was a a prophecy that was speaking of Jesus Christ. He did the same thing when he was talking to Moses. He said, listen, there's going to be a prophet that's going to come after you guys. You guys are going to listen to him. He did the same thing in the book of Psalms where he talked about the way that Jesus would be crucified before crucifixion even existed. He did the same thing in the prophets where he said that this man is going to come to you and he's going to bear your sorrows, he's going to bear your griefs and all of your sins will be taken on by this man. So then when he came here, there had to be somebody here that could verify that all of those things that happened in the Old Testament had taken place. And that's where the gospel is coming in. Somebody say the gospel. The gospel. Amen. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about Jesus and his purpose. Amen. Amen. Walking in our God-given purpose. So turn with me to Matthew, the 20th chapter and the 28th verse. Let's see, let's see what, what, what this has. Because we, we as followers of Christ, we also have to understand our God-given purpose. These are things that we have to understand. We have to understand our God-given purpose, amen? Amen. God-given purpose, amen. So let's see what Jesus said. What did Jesus say about his purpose, his God-given purpose? What did Jesus say about it? Matthew 20 and 28, and he says, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. He came not to be ministered to, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. So what did Jesus say that his purpose was? My whole purpose, the whole point that I'm here is so that I can be not served. I'm not coming today to be the king. I'm coming to be the servant. Amen. I'm coming to minister to you. I'm coming to give my life a ransom for many. That is the purpose of me being here. Matthew 18 and 11. What did Jesus say about his God-given purpose? Matthew 18 and 11. And it says, For the Son of Man has come to save that which is lost. Jesus, what are you here for? I came here to save that which is lost. The whole point of me being here is to save that which is lost. Now, we just got done talking about the Old Testament. What is he talking about? Save that which is lost. Who is lost? Mankind is lost. You see, the world looks like this because it was left in the hands of people that are lost. The reason why the world looks like this is because mankind is lost. Jesus said he came to fix that. You see, we weren't put here. To be a partakers of death we weren't put here to be do- dealing with all of this lying all of this cheating all of this stealing all of this manipulation all of this getting over on one another we weren't put here for those things man was created in the image of god so that he can enjoy all the things that god enjoys dominion power those things were given by God you were created for it the inheritance was created for that man the man was supposed to enjoy eternal life at the beginning death was never a part of the picture but now it's here because corruption is here Jesus said listen I came to restore that which is lost everything is renewed in Christ all things are renewed in Christ that's what he came here for he came that you would have life and have life more abundantly he came to make all things like new all of those things that are broken in the earth are fixed in Jesus Christ so then the first thing that we have to do if we're gonna walk in our God-given purpose we have to know our purpose We have to know it, we have to know our purpose. Jesus knew his purpose. He understood his purpose very well. Not only did he understand his purpose, but you see, once you start understanding your purpose, you understand the people around you too. The Bible says that Jesus knew all men. He knew everything that was taken. You understand the people that are around you. Amen. You don't have to respond a certain way because these people are there. Jesus knew. He knew the role of the Pharisees. He knew the role of the Sadducees. He knew that those were the ones that were going to kill him because it was established by God. Hmm. Jesus knew Judas. He understood who Judas was. Isn't it surprising when he got to the end, he said, wait a minute. Before he even got to the end, he's looking around and he's saying, wait, did I not choose you twelve and one of you is a devil? But what did he do? He still walked in his purpose. Amen. You see what I'm saying? I don't have to worry about the Pharisees all that are around me when I understand my purpose. Glory to God. I don't have to worry about the Judases that's that are around me when it comes to my purpose. That's it. You see what I'm saying? They can sit there and they can do what they're going to do, they can say what they're going to say. Because when it comes down to it, they're all a part of pushing me to God's glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You see what I'm saying? So we let them speak. Jesus was glorified through the work of the Pharisees. Glory to God. Jesus was glorified through the work of Judas. That's it. You will be glorified by the people that are around you, putting you in certain situations. That's faith it. that cannot be, I mean, faith that hasn't been tried, it can't be trusted. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at your neighbor and say, don't worry about your Pharisees. Don't worry about your Pharisees. Don't worry about your Judases. Don't worry about your Judases. They're going to push you to your glory. Get ready for glory, amen? That's it. Amen. That's it. Yes. That's it. You see, many times we we end up in trouble because we don't know our purpose. Mm -hmm. We don't get it. We focus on things that don't really matter. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's nice to have nice things. It's nice to drive a nice car, but that's not my purpose. Amen. It's, it's nice for me to, to have a nice house, but that's not my purpose. It's nice for me to, to live a really nice kind of dress, fancy, and all that stuff. It's all nice, but that's not my purpose. Amen. So then, what is our purpose? You see, because Jesus made these things very clear. He didn't leave the disciples not knowing what their purpose was. What is our purpose? Turn with me to Matthew, the fifth chapter, the 13th through the 16th verse. Man, it's raining outside. Glory. Yeah. Goodness. That's the latter rain right there. Glory. Amen. <laughs> Amen. What did he say? He said, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, how is it going to be salted? It's thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. Mm -hmm. You are the light of the world. Somebody say the light of the world. The light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on the candlestick, and it gives light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Now, this is Jesus, and he's talking to the disciples. He's talking to the disciples, and he's saying, hey, listen, your job here following me is to be salt and light. Mm-hmm salt and light now light is easy because what light what shines in the darkness and the world was full of darkness not knowing what it is that we're here for everybody was speculating everybody's trying to figure it out but there was no light that's why it says Jesus is the light of the world if we accept him we have the light of life but the salt of the earth it doesn't really translate as easily What is salt? Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. We got some theologians in the house. That's exactly what it is. You see, right now, we just like put it on our chicken, steak, fish, french fries. (laughs) Because we have freezers now. But back in the day, salt was used to preserve things. We are the preservers of the truth of this world. And once the church is no longer here, there's no more truth in the world. That's why the enemy comes after the church so violently throughout history. He's always trying to get us off our square. He's always trying to get us out of our box. Yeah so that he can remove the light, he can remove the, the the truth from the world, amen? So Jesus is saying that we are salt and we're light. Next one, Matthew 28, 19 through 20. What did Jesus say about the purpose of the, of, uh, of the, of the disciples, the followers? And he says, go ye therefore and teach all nations Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. What is our purpose? Teach all nations. Somebody say all nations. All nations. We ain't just here for Israel, all nations. Go to all of them. Because none of them have the truth, but all of them belong to him. Mm -hmm. All of them are his. So he said, go to all nations, teach them, baptize them. Basically what he's saying, turn them into disciples. Make them like you. Mm Make them to understand what you understand. Make them to walk in what it is that you walk in. So then we have to know our God-given purpose. That's number one. If we're going to walk in our God-given purpose, the first thing that we have to do is we have to know it. Amen? Amen. So then the second thing that we have to do if we're going to walk in our God-given purpose is what what we have to do. Second thing we have to do, we have to prepare ourselves. We have to be prepared for his God-given purpose. We have to prepare ourselves. So how do we prepare ourselves? The first thing that I'm going to say is there's no shortcuts. There are no shortcuts shortcuts to preparing ourselves for this for this walk there's no shortcuts to it you see according to historians they said that Jesus was 30 years old before he took his first disciple 30 years in training before he took his first disciple And he actually had the cheat code because he was the son of God. That's cheating. (laughs) 30 years old before he took his first disciple. And he died when he was 33, which means he spent 30 years getting ready for three years of ministry. three years of ministry but what, what, what is this for you know this preparation thing I want you to turn with me really quick so we can understand what this is okay turn with me to 2nd Peter the third chapter and the 18th verse preparing ourselves for ministry preparing ourselves for our purpose what do we have to do how do we prepare ourselves what is this And this is Peter talking and Peter says what, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forevermore. So how do I get ready for my purpose? I have to grow. Mm -hmm. I have to grow. So the first thing that he says is grow, but growing is difficult. Growing is not an easy thing, but it's necessary. Growth is necessary for anybody that's going to walk in their God-given purpose. Why? Why? Why do I have to grow? Turn with me to Ephesians, the fourth chapter, the 14th through the 15th verse. I'm just setting up some blocks. We're going to knock them down here in a minute. So why do I need to grow? Because growth is going to keep me from being deceived. Mm-hmm. That I henceforth be no more as children, tossed to and fro with every win of doctrine. I have to know that. There's things that I have to know. Why? Because the enemy's number one trick is deception. Amen. It's all about deception. You see what I'm saying? I mean, listen. The world is easy. I mean, he got them. You can tell the world anything. He can tell the world anything. All you gotta do is say it with a straight face. That's why he got people looking them right in the face. Actually, monkeys do turn into people. <laughs> straight face and they'll believe it you can tell them anything aliens came down and created earth they'll believe it but you guys you guys are different can't get you with that lie because he has he knows that you have the truth of God so if he's going to get you he has to get you the way that he tried to get Jesus he has to use the Word of God to try to make you think something about it that's not true it's the same trick that he used on Jesus I mean, he couldn't have come to Jesus and just tell him, you know, Jesus, God doesn't exist. Can't tell him that. I mean, it was—it's literally his father. I mean, he can't tell him that. But what he can do is he could take the scripture and try to twist it to make it say something that it doesn't. Mm-hmm. If you're the son of God, then cast yourself down over here. And all the angels, they're going to catch you. It's written right here in the book. To get you out of position. He has to tell you something about the word of God that's not true. So then we have to grow to protect ourselves from deception, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But have you ever even thought about what makes these doctrines so appealing to people? You see, because there's a lot of people in the church that are really deceived about the scripture. Well, they call themselves the church, but then I don't think they're really the church. There's a lot of people that believe a lot of things about the Bible that just simply are not true. But he told us, he said, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How do people end up out here trying to figure out what's going on? The reason why they do is because growth, it takes time. Growth takes time. It's our most precious asset. Time. It takes time. And a lot of times people don't want to wait on growth. But growth and time are two things that are inseparable. How many people in here have a garden to anything? After you put the seed in the water, how long does it take for it to bring forth fruit? In the water today, come back tomorrow, and now I'm eating avocados. You have to wait, the seed has to be nurtured, and a lot of times people don't want to wait on the seed to be nurtured. Mm-hmm. But instead, we can get in this place where we get so zealous, so zealous. Of of trying to produce a good work for God We think we're doing God a favor That when The minute we see a little bud come forth We take it we want to pick it And try to feed somebody some unripe fruit Mm -hmm. And what happens when a person eats fruit That's unripe They get sick Come on start to bring forth fruit that make other people sick growth takes time we have to prepare ourselves and we have to be willing to wait for the maturation to take place it's not by power it's not by might But by my spirit, saith the Lord, you see, once we get zealous of doing all of these things for God, but we still haven't waited on him to bring us forth because nobody can bring me forth. Pastor Ken can't bring me forth. I don't care what kind of anointing you have on you. You can't bring me forth. Nobody can bring you forth. The only person that can bring your food forth is God. I'm telling you, because there's a lot of people out there and they're they're looking into this and they're looking into that and they're downloading this and they're downloading that and they're thinking that they're going to download You cannot download the anointing from the internet Ain't that much downloading in the world The anointing comes from God Paul said it this way He said how can they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall he preach except he be sent? We have to be sent by God. Amen. There's no program that I can download that's going to prepare me for the work. Amen. He's going to download his program in you when it's time. He will bring you forth. Amen. So then we have to prepare for our purpose, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Now the knowledge is easy. I get the knowledge where? From the word of God to scripture. And the grace is what? It's power. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is coming to you and you shall be witnesses unto me. And even God is the one who distributes to every person the measure of grace. It all comes from him. And there's nothing that anybody can do to stop it. Nothing. Whatever grace is on your life, I can't hold it back. Pastor Ken can't hold it back. It's grace that comes directly from God. So if he wants to give you the gift of healing, miracle working, uh, the, the gift of tongues, interpretation of tongues, all those other things, he can do it. And there's nothing that I can do to stop it. It's God that prepares us for our purpose. The only thing that I have to do is what? Be willing to wait. And that's where we really run into problems because we don't wanna wait, nobody wants to wait. Especially in this generation, we want everything overnight. Mm -hmm. But real growth only comes through two things. Consistency and patience. Consistency and patience. And if both of those things stay in place, your fruit will come forth in its season. I'm not telling you what I think is going to, I'm telling you for a fact it's going to happen if there's somebody here that desires a good work for God it will happen it will come forth wait for your fruit to come forth so we have to know second we have to prepare third we have to finish continue and finish continue and finish Philippians, the second chapter this is going to be my last verse the 3rd to the 8th verse this is Paul talking and he says what He says, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal to God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. We have to finish. Finish the race and stay. Stay the course, because your God-given purpose is for you, and your gift that comes from God—it was made for you. I remember Miles Monroe; he talked about how how many gifts there are in the graveyard that just never got unlocked because people never. Tap into what it is that God had for them. So wasted gift. Just laying there in the ground. The fruit that could have came out of that graveyard. If people would have been willing yes. to apply those two things. Consistency and patience. Yes. Yes. No more chains are binding me. I'm totally free. We hope you enjoyed today's message. And invite you to fellowship with us at our new location. That's 32319 Blue Star Memorial Highway in Midway, Florida, 32343, where God wants to meet you midway. Until next time, faith family, be blessed and remember, in Christ, you are totally free. No more chains are binding me, I'm totally free.